Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. All he is, it's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum, chasing kids around. You look up guys who poop in a bag. Because I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? A movie which, by the way, reviewed by my mother, the review was, Thank God you were on early, because we couldn't watch any more of that thing. Wide berth. <laughs> well, this is a good scene. The uh, we're watching the infamous dildo scene. You got trolled. You were in. I shut you the fuck up. No, I didn't say shit. You got trolled. Who I thought you were trolled. Real script. Yeah. They didn't even give him a script when he got the job. They gave him a bottle of Stoli and said, <laughs> "Learn this." Did you stumble on the joke? Talk about this movie for fart's sake. This is a we we can we can swear this movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you are brand new to Intoxicated, Intoxicated is a podcast where I have my friends on and we talk about life. Think of it like a cocktail of comedy and therapy mixed with a social lubricant. Oh my gosh. As of yesterday, marijuana became totally legal across Canada and what a day it was. So marijuana is now being sold at various liquor stores across the country. I was unable to actually go to any of these liquor stores, but I did see the lineups and it was absolutely insane. I was also getting texts from my friends in lineups talking about how long the wait times were, but also but also how cool it was to be part of such a historic day. Unfortunately, I just did not have the time to experience that. Kind of feeling some FOMO about that, but you know, I'll get there eventually. Super cool thing though to have it legal across Canada. I do hope to do an intoxicated episode all about this very soon. Unfortunately, I just wasn't quite on the ball with doing an episode based around this for this week. This week's episode is very different, and I understand the irony of this, but this week's episode is actually about addiction. Um, Not so much in regards to marijuana, but actually in regards to alcohol and drugs. So kind of crappy timing on my end to release this episode the day after weed becomes legal, but it is what it is, people. Um, Definitely expect a episode all about legalization very soon. I do have some ideas for that that I'm kicking around and hopefully shortly you will have that episode. Maybe I'll do an audio diary all about it when I actually do end up going to one of the liquor stores. But regardless, um, I did tell you guys last week that there's a couple sober episodes coming up and this is another one of those episodes. I'm so thankful and lucky to have had my friend Kristen on this week's episode. This one has been in the works for a while. We actually met up in the summer, had coffee and talked about her story and her journey with addiction and recovery. And she said that she was down to come on the podcast and talk about it. And that's what happened. So we finally got together after I chickened out a couple times on her. Um, 
And this is just, this is a great episode. This is very informative, very honest, um, extremely honest. So if you are someone who is a little more sensitive to stories about drug use, stories about alcohol, uh, and also the rock bottoms that you face as an addict, just be warned about this episode because Kristen is very, very honest about the struggle she's had. So certainly if you are sensitive to that, just beware. But this was a excellent talk. Uh, It's one I think people should have more often. And I truly hope that uh, people learn from this a little bit more about addiction and that side of things. Uh, I all the time get people asking me about, you know, I'm sober. Can I still come on the podcast? And my answer is always absolutely. I do not um, make alcohol a necessity on this show. Uh, I do understand that that's part of the branding of the show. But if I have friends in my life that have something to talk about and they are sober and they are going through that process, I am not going to turn them down. Um, in fact, I like hearing the other perspective. I think it's important. Uh, there was a time in my life that I had some issues with alcohol and I got them in check. And thankfully, I've kept them in check, but it is an ongoing process. And thankfully enough, Kristen is now totally sober. She is at a great place in her life. And so this story comes out on the positive side, even though it does get very honest and dark at times. She was the perfect guest to have on to talk about addiction because A, she's really open and honest about it and is willing to share her story. But also, she just has a great fucking personality. There's moments of levity in this episode. It's not totally a downer. We are both girls who love to laugh. And we were both very comfortable with each other. And that's what I think was really awesome about it. I am just really inspired by her story and the fact that she's bettered her life because she definitely deserves it. She's a great person. And I'm so glad that she is now happy and healthy. So what's interesting about this recording is it is kind of split up into two natural parts. So I am releasing this in two parts just because naturally that's how it goes. For the first half, we do talk about drugs and alcohol and Kristen struggles with that and her road to recovery. But in the second half, we actually talk about love and sex addiction, which is something that I really want to talk about. So in a way, um, this was a therapy session for both of us. Kristen was able to tell her story and provide insight into the drugs and alcohol side of things. And then I was kind of allowed to bare my soul to her. And we had a really good back and forth about that. So it was a really cool dynamic. I want to thank Kristen from the bottom of my heart for coming on and being so awesome to share this really inspiring story with everybody. I hope you guys enjoy it. So a few housekeeping things. Uh, Number one I want to say is that I actually did an episode of Intoxicated Reviews this week. Uh, So last week me and Shannon saw A Star is Born and Corey let me do an episode all about that. So her and I's episode about A Star is Born is up over at Intoxicated Reviews. So if you haven't subscribed to that channel, please do so um, wherever you find podcasts. That is our second Intoxicated channel all about TV and movies and and check out the episode about A Star is Born. Also check out our Patreon page. That is patreon.com backslash intoxicated. Patreon is on fire lately. There's a lot of bonus content up in there. Just to name a few, um, the Tinder takeover with Travis Lindsay, which is one of the funniest things I've ever listened back to. That's a hilarious episode and you don't want to miss that one. That one is up at the $5 level and also I am doing consistent audio diaries as well at the $3 level. So lots to choose from on Patreon and we we will be recording some $10 episodes very, very soon. So check out Patreon if you want more Intoxicated. It's a great place to go and get more content, but also support the show. You can follow us on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram, Intoxicated Podcast, on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated. 
You can email feedback, questions, and comments to intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com and subscribe to the show wherever you find podcasts. And if you're so inclined, leave a rating or review on iTunes. That would really help out the show. That's about it. I hope you guys enjoy this very deep and awesome episode with my amazing friend, Kristen. So welcome back. It's the Intoxicated Podcast here with Kristen. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> like we when did we start talking about doing this? Like at least two months ago. Yeah, it's a been while least, ago. Yeah, a couple months. Yeah. 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 And we met for coffee. We had an amazing coffee date. And then Sarah chickened out. I chickened right the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> uh, this episode might get a bit heavy, but I mean, I think it, you're a fun person, so it's still going to be somewhat fun, I think. Yeah, I think we'll have a great time. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. And we're drinking tea today. Tea, peppermint. This is a sober cast, people. <laughs> um, I might get a chain yard cider in a little bit here, but... I've been, I don't know about you, but I've just been feeling like garbage lately. So have I. Yeah. So like, I've yeah. been drinking a lot of tea. I've been drinking a lot of tea. I tried to give up coffee and mm. drink more tea. And then I decided I wasn't strong enough to give up coffee yet. So Those people who do it, I don't know how they do now it. Now I'm doing both. Now you're doing both. <laughs> now I'm doing both. Well, if you cut it down, that's... That's something. No, it got worse. I'm it now drinking worse? more coffee. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. What kind of like what kind of coffee person are you? Are you like just like the a basic cup of coffee? Or are you like espresso? Like what's your coffee style? Oh my god. So it's kind of embarrassing actually. So Monday to Friday I'm instant. Oh, because wow. like yeah, because I need to get that shit into me as fast as Fair. I can. Fair and enough. then weekends it's like uh the um espresso nice espresso nice, shots or yeah. nice americanos um and then I, I drink probably about five or six coffees at work a day and that's, five or six yeah, holy shit I see know. i used to be in that vein i think i've toned it down now to about three that's good because i feel like my stomach has been a little uneasy lately mm. and it's forced me to kind of tone down the caffeine yeah and i find that but mornings it's like an absolute must i like, have to yeah like it's the yeah. it's and it might all be in my head but i have to do you find yourself getting headaches when you don't have coffee because that's like i will get headaches when i don't have caffeine and that's fucking scary (laughs) not so much the headaches but i go into a daze yeah like i'm in a fog and i just like i can't get out of the fog and i'm like fuck and then i'm like all the joy in my life is in a cup (laughs) (laughs) It's my not, life force. It's so it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I cannot write another Facebook status about my fucking coffee problem. Oh shoot, am I allowed to swear? So, oh my god, yes. I, I was like, I've listened to your podcast before. But I'm sure I'm loud, but shit, tits. <laughs> just get them all out at the beginning. Uh, I used to Perfect. do radio edits for CKDU. Oh, okay. Because we air, we for a while there we aired on uh, Friday nights yeah. on CKDU, and I just found it it got to be too much because I, I had to re-edit the episodes and bleep out any swear word. Right. And then like when I was and then you never sometimes like you'll look at an episode and you'll be like oh I don't think we actually swear that much and then I realized that I swear so much like even just in normal conversation. Me too. I'm just just swearing all the time and then like i was always confused because i was like what makes a swear word like fuck yeah that's a swear. Uh, but, like is shit is damn is you know like bitch so when i was a kid bitch, I say a lot too. when i was a teenager we would play drinking games and it would be like you can't swear we, we would be one of the rules oh that one's always, always we, everyone always had like arguments of like what is a swear word so basically 
we came up with the rule that anything you can't say on um, Sesame Street. Oh. So like a lot you, of things. A then. lot of things. But <laughs> that was the rule. So you can't say shit on Sesame Street. You can't say um you probably can't say boobies. On- probably not. <laughs> boobies. Oh man, I, I, that's how mature I am. Like as soon as that boobies. word came out of my mouth, I started laughing. <laughs> that's a. It's a funny I word. I am an adult. I say tits a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my favorite word for the breasts do I area. See tits? Like, I don't normally talk about my boobs. No, or, no. Um, Maybe some I'm other people. But <laughs> no. Well, do I like? I make comments about like how n- not adequate they are to the type of body type i have oh but, yeah. But, yeah we're gonna get there we're gonna get i going i'm absolutely fascinated by the journey that you've gone on oh thank you so yeah. let's go all the way back okay so okay. let's go back to friendship origin so you and i worked together at a hotel yes at a hotel in halifax <laughs> a really cool nice one yeah with really cool people <laughs> yeah really cool. yeah honestly I loved working there for the people. Totally. The people were awesome. I'm still like, when I still want to hang out with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, th- like that says something. Like, when you leave a job and you're like, I still want to hang out with Totally. People. Totally. So, but we didn't work in the same department, but we worked kind of like, we saw each other quite a bit. Yeah. And we, we were, I think we were placed on opposite sides of the hotel for good reason because we we're both super loud. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, but, very true. And like when we and I were in the same area, it was like, it, it would get loud it and would get really loud and laughing. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's weird because, uh, Rebecca oh yeah um I also stayed friends with like oh awesome it, it's this weird thing where you know like you leave a job and you don't see the, the person anymore but like you stay friends on Facebook and yeah. you stay like kind of like psychically connected to them in a weird way because you're seeing their life and you're you're following it a bit and you're and you have like a respect for the person but you don't hang out right with Rebecca, I, I was just, I always felt like we should be closer than what we are. Yeah. Like, we don't hang out a lot because we're not in the same friend group, but like, I always fucking liked you. And like, why aren't we closer? And so I felt, I kind of feel that way about you too. Same. I'm, you know what is so uh, funny? Because I was, because I always follow you. Like, uh, you know how you can, unhi- you can hide people on yeah. Facebook? Like, I've never hi- hid you. Because That's shocking to me. Your life I, has been fascinating I, to me. I feel like I'm so annoying to people. God, no. I remember one night, okay. Mm. I remember one night, like, we had never. Never really partied together. Oh, mm. but prior to the party thing, um, I also love Rebecca. Yeah. Like, I, I am too. so rooting for that woman. Like, yeah. she's doing so many great things in her career. And I just, it just she's makes badass. me so happy to see her just rocking it. She's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. She's a fantastic uh, podcast guest, too. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. She's great to talk to. Yeah. I love her. She's just, uh, she's killing it, man. Killing like, it. Yeah. Super proud. It's super nice to see women just 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 doing well, doing well, and, and like finding their thing, it. like finding their thing. Totally. Because totally. I feel like sometimes you look at people and you're like, they're so unhappy. Like they just haven't quite found like their thing yet. Exactly. And there's no shame in that because no. that can happen at any age. But I think that's you know. ba- the big part of the journey, right? Is like mm-hmm. finding your thing, even though it's frustrating as fuck oh. when you don't know what your thing is god yes and you're just like searching your life trying to find something that's gonna make you feel better oh, but so once true. you find it it's so true what night did you you, you were talking about a night? oh my god yeah, okay yeah, so the me, night so okay so we had never hung out before okay and this was three months prior to me getting sober for two years okay we ended up at the same party Oh my god, I think I do remember. And this. I was yeah. such a disaster. And yeah. actually this night at the party was um one of like the most pivotal moments in my using 
because it was started my way to recovery. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember seeing you there and I was like, I have so many questions <laughs> to ask you. I don't, because was this, was this Neil's yeah, party? Yeah. He's done the show. Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Neil's done the podcast. I was like, That's I have hilarious. so many questions to ask you because like you always were doing um, Facebook, uh, Snapchat stories. Be, of, it like, used to be Snapchat. So now it's Instagram. Be, yeah. It used to be Snapchat and you always had like new makeup and you had all, all this new <laughs> stuff and i was like this girl must be rich <laughs> because like and i know nothing about makeup or anything but i was like i know it well I, that's not true because i know it's not cheap anyway <laughs> it's very and pricey. i was like oh my god i maybe this is what people can afford when they're not spending their entire paychecks on alcohol and cocaine oh, like, no. <laughs> So was that kind of one of the first of many kind of realizations? There was like there was so many like seeds planted along along a it was about like a year. Um, But that that was that party. There was also someone at that party that was sober and was basically spoke to me about being sober and not in a preachy way, but in a. And, uh, you know, you can still still live life and go to the parties. You just don't have to drink or use. Yes. No. Yeah. I think I, that that's one of the things that would, might stop people from doing it because they might think, I'm not going to have fun anymore. Right. Or, or totally. I won't be fun anymore. Well, that I thought, like, real, it wasn't like, I never thought I wouldn't have fun anymore, but I was like, my identity is a party girl. Yeah. Like, that's how people know me. Like, yeah. You know, like, that's what I was known as, a party girl, like... Just right. a bit of a disaster, but really nice. Oh, and I think that that, and this sounds sad, but like, I think that's why I liked you so much at the West End, because I've always kind of felt that way too. Right. Kind of, I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the long journey with alcohol yeah. that we've probably both had. Right. When did the party girl identity start for you? Were you someone who drank in high school? I was. I was a weekend underage. Wonder, underage. Um, Holy shit. I had, uh, I think I started drinking like at 12. I remember I was at my friend Morgan's dad's house and we like snuck into his liquor cabinet and like put whiskey in a rocks glass and then like ran around a park. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Was that, that one was... of the first things you drank was whiskey? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's not true. That's so I think I had beer before that when I was younger, but like mm. the first thing I actually drank was whiskey, like for shit. to, to, to be drinking but i was found like booze i don't know what it was like even i remember being seven and <laughs> i had never even had a beer before but it was a really hot day and there was a beer like uh poster and i was like wouldn't that be so good right now they like, do look really good when it's a totally, hot day totally yeah totally and then yeah. like i was found like um like I watched a lot of soap operas growing up. Ooh, nice. And passions. like not passions, passions, but like Young and the Restless okay. and Days of Our Lives. Yeah. And they always had like the decanters full of like clear liquid, which now I know is vodka mm-hmm. or water because it was on TV. And like they would pour it into the rocks glass, and I would like imitate that too. I'd be like feeling like super classy, yeah. and by no means was I ever super classy. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> you wanted to be. Yeah, except I really wanted to be. But anyway, so yeah, so my first my first go was uh when I was twelve and yeah, we drank to drink. Right. And, yeah. Twelve. But like that wasn't when I was like, Oh, this is this is what I want. Like I drank and it was whatever and then uh um 
Like, it wasn't until I think I was about 14 where I became, like, the full-on weekend warrior. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was just, I remember we would always, like, muster up our money. Usually it was my babysitting money. And I remember being young in my friend's kitchen um, at her dining room table. And I had drank vodka and orange juice. And I sat there and I was like, I feel so, like, I've just felt my whole body relax. Wow. And I was like... I feel so much relief. And then I'm like, looking back, I'm like, should a 14 year old like feel that much relief? Like, anyways, wow. like, Shit. Re- it's interesting been... they use the word relief. Like, yeah, it just felt like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Cause Life's... me, when I first drank, it was nausea. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Yeah. This is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I just need, like, I didn't really like the taste of booze at the time, but no. like, I liked the effect it mm. gave. It wasn't until later on that I started enjoying the taste. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And where did you grow up again? In Barhaven. Yeah, it's a uh, small suburb of Ottawa. Oh, crap. Okay. For it some used reason, to be a why, small do I, why do I, why did I think you were from Cape Breton? Do you have a connection to Cape Breton? Well, no, but um, I have a Picto connection. My dad's from there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So did, were you the type to like drink at like school dancing? Oh, fuck yeah. I had oh, Southern yeah? Comfort in my like pants like oh, shit and i thought it was so freaking cool i'm Damn. not gonna lie i totally thought it was cool like going to the parking lot to drink and coming back and then like i felt like kind of like dj tanner remember that <gasps> this episode yeah yeah wows so that was high school so you started young yeah and you were getting drunk young like so not just drinking but getting drunk oh it was drunk like it was full, full on, on binge drinking like that's the only i didn't want to have a drink like I wanted to get, get drunk. drunk. Yeah. Did your parents ever? Did your parents know? Uh, I'm sure they knew. Like my dad wasn't around much into my teenage years, but um, like my mom had stuff going on, so I don't want to say like she didn't notice, but she just she was preoccupied. There's preoccupied. I'm one of five uh, kids. That's, a, she that's was, a big family. Yeah, and she was left to raise everyone and support everyone, and so like, oh, and sure. I have a younger brother and sister that are eight years younger than me, so. Like, she was busy. Like That's busy as with, shit. Yeah. So, and she also worked full-time. Wow. Yeah, so... That's insane. Like, and five no... Five kids and a full-time job? Yeah, five kids, Whoa. full-time job, no help from my dad, no no Holy money. Holy crap. Me, no. So, she what was a little... There? She was busy. Yeah. Like, I don't There's no... Honestly, I don't think even if, like, she was... If I was to get grounded, that would have changed my path in life. Like, I'm... Very true. Right. I always like, think about that because I was someone who grew up strict and didn't drink until college. Mm. And I always think about the idea of, like, is that a factor? Like, if you start young and you don't have discipline, like, well, how does that shape things going forward? And what I've learned is, is like, it's just a fucking shit show all around. No matter right. what. Like, like, you could you could have a perfect upbringing and then turn, totally. turn out <clears throat> off the tracks. You could be off the tracks in high school and completely do a 180. Absolutely. Like, it totally doesn't matter. And, you, you know, know, I know I have a lot of friends that um, are in recovery or, like, are in active addiction and, you know... N- our stories are all different. Like our external circumstances are all completely different. Like some people had wonderful, loving homes and some people had the chaos that I had, but like we all felt the same inside. We just, you know what I mean? And we were trying to fill something felt like something was missing. So I really don't think I'm sure like your upbringing might have something to do with it, but at the same time, but, like it's certain, not certain circumstances might change that, you know? Oh, like, totally. Yeah, I don't, um, because I have, my brother, um, 
he had the same mom and like he's never had a drink of alcohol on a day in his life oh wow like he has no desire to ever drink oh interesting yeah younger so. or older younger brother? interesting yeah I'm always fascinated by that because, you know, when you're in high school, like there is a pressure to drink. Totally. There is an insane. And I remember I was like kind of the goody two shoes kid in high school where I, I didn't think it was cool if you peer pressured me. I was just like, why are you doing this? I don't want to do it. Um, but when college hit, it was just like, Bruh! right. See, like that, to me, you're the cool person. Really? So, I didn't feel cool at all. Probably, you wouldn't have felt cool at the time. But no, looking back, like I'm looking at you now and I'm like, that makes you cool because, you know, we're all freaking sheep. Most of us are sheep, right? Yeah. Like we follow. I was I was 100% a follower. Right. And definitely didn't have a mind of my own or anything. And um, I completely respect someone that doesn't go with what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I think yeah. the fact that my dad was a judge also. Oh my God, your dad's yeah. a judge? Yeah, he's retired now. That's so cool. But growing up, like, it was just very strict and, you know, like, I would hear of people going to parties and stuff, but, like, I just never could. Right. I had curfews. And, right. Um, and so I didn't really have access to partying. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to see, like, if I did have access to that partying, if I would have... Um, drank more underage, but I'm kind of thankful for it in a weird way because it made college extra fun. Totally, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Like I was already washed up by 19. <laughs> like I've lived a life. Yeah. Shit. What was like one of the craziest things you did in high school? Can you think of any like crazy things that you did? Oh, like I did the stupid things. Like we would go out to. Like our fort, because that's like how young we were. We still had a fort, and like my buddies and I, and I, I always had mainly my friends were men like yeah. growing up, and like I had some girlfriends, but ma- majority men. And like I had a group of guy friends, and we would go to a fort, and like there were rules on the fort wall. Oh my god, and that's the, amazing! Like <laughs> it was middle of winter, and um, I was dared to chug a Mickey of tequila. And, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I my self-esteem was, like, so incredibly low Mm -hmm. that I was like, yeah, I could do this, and you're going to like me, and you'll all want to be my boyfriend if I chug this. Anyways, so I chugged this Mickey of vodka in under, like, 12 seconds, and, like, I was fine for 30 minutes, and all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, it would. And one of the rules on the... No puking? No puking. In the fort, and like I just vomited all over that fort, and it was like you had to cross like a busy road to get home, and like I just remember like my buddy dragging me across that road. Oh shit! Like, like I just like just stupid stuff like that. Stupid like, stuff, yeah. Like I never yeah. really like I didn't really get un like out of control until yeah. I was in my twenties. So what happened in the twenties? Like some, We're going through eras. So, yeah, so my teenage years was pretty, like, standard for a binge-drinking teenager. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I got into my 20s where, like, just think shit just kept going wrong. Oh, shit. Like, I just couldn't drink without getting in trouble. Oh. And I couldn't not drink. Okay. So there was, like, we're not, like, it was just, it was never, I... It was never the alcohol's fault for some reason to me. I was like, it's not the, I'm still going to drink. Like, obviously yeah. that's not your problem. There's something deeper rooted. Right. Anyways, um, like I did so many stupid things. Like I've slept walked before, like after a night out and like broken into someone's room. Like, oh no. Apartment. 
from uh, like being like being you, you were drunk, passed out, and then slept walk. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm like, okay, the story is like I can't even <laughs> believe I'm talking about the story, but I've been telling it quite a bit lately. But so I went in. So I, my roommate remembers me going to bed, and then I and this is before drugs. Like okay. I had tried drugs at this point, but <clears throat> I haven't. I'm not at the point where I need to do drugs and drink at the same. And you're time. living with a roommate in an apartment. Well, I'm living or- out in Kananaskis in okay. Res, so out in Alberta. Oh, in a residence. Okay. So I'm living on the third floor, and my old apartment is on the first floor. Anyway, so I go to bed, and um, a couple days later, what I remember is going to bed. A couple days later, some of the kitchen guys come to work and they're like, <laughs> they're like, how was your trip last night, the other night? And I was like, what? And they're like, your trip. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so they told me this story. So basically, I has I had gone down to my old res room. <gasps> I'm not wearing pants. Underwear? I have no idea. Oh, no. I'm also like over 250 pounds. Okay. And... I go into, I walk in, barge into my old res room and look at everyone, I guess. And then I go into my old room and this poor guy is passed out in his bed. And what do I do? I look over him and (laughs) wake him up. I don't say anything. And then I grab his mattress and I flip it while he's in it. Oh my God. I don't mean to laugh. No, laugh. 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 That is... Wow. Yeah. It's... And you don't remember any of that? I have no memory. Did you... And then you left after that? Presumably? I guess so. Some girl took me back to my room. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, those are... And things like that were just... Normal. Normal. They became your normal. They became my normal. Yeah. Like... I had a rule, like, don't tell me what I did. Like, uh, I don't want to know. But still, it was never the, it was never, never the option of not drinking. Right. Like, no, like that. It wasn't even an option in your mind. No, not even, it didn't drink. even, fade, like, it was like, that was never the thought. Like, I knew I had a problem, like, I was a problem drinker, but I thought that the issue was more deep than that. Right. Which it was, but, like, I just thought that if I could get to the bottom of my what? problems, then I could be fine. I'd be fine. Like Right. <clears throat> then the booze just... wouldn't... Aff- yeah, it's almost like you have an idea of, okay, well, I just need to fix whatever is going on with me emotionally. Right. And then right. I'll be a better drunk. Right. right. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Like, That's... like not... It's not being like, no, alcohol just does this to me and it turns me into like a shitty person. Yeah. That yeah. was verbatim my thoughts. Like, I'll be... I'll make a better drunk. I'll mm. be cool. But... Do people around you start... Like, when did you start... Because I think that there's this thing, and I think a lot of people have this, and I mean, I make jokes all the time, but there's this thing with, like, younger people with drinking where it's like, you know, you joke about being an alcoholic. You're right. Like, oh, I'm such an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And um, not everyone is at all. Like, that. <laughs> I don't think so anyway. No. Yeah. Um, but then where's the switch that takes you from the joking? Totally. To the, okay, shit. Well, I remember being in my early 20s living out west and um, <clears throat> like I was out of control. Like I was always drinking. There were like there were like I was never sober unless yeah. I was at work. Um, I wasn't sober. And so I was rem- this like an everyday thing ev- for for a while, no. for a bit there. So it was every single night in um, 
for probably about six months in Kananaskis. And like, that's three... I was there for three years and I partied a lot, but there was a window where it was every six months where I was drunk every night. And um, I remember like making an ass of myself, feeling the embarrassment. And um, I remember people saying like uh, that they used to party a lot and they were a bit older than me. And I was like, okay, so I'll grow out of this. Right. Um, but I never grew out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just, I, was, I had hope that it, this was just a phase, but it wasn't a phase. Yeah. So, like, did you have to self-reflect to get to a point where you were like, this is a serious, like, I should do something about this? Well, I remember, <clears throat> so when I was in Alberta, I um, I got to, like, I I found uh, Chris Smith. Oh, shit. And I had done. How did you find it? Well, like, it, 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 like it, people I was with had it. Had and it. I was already doing drugs recreationally. Um, prior to that but um this had become a bit of a i would say definitely a problem um and like i ended up in the hospital i'm one night i was coming down really bad and i chugged a 26er of uh bombay sapphire oh god and i i know and i landed myself in a hospital and i was there for two weeks in no not two weeks a one week in canmore hospital and like they had put me through this um recovery program it was called achieve anyways um and so i like went through this program and i'm trying like i'm trying to like make these amends but obviously i was like making the amends while drunk and it was just oh, so messy. That's the tricky part there. So and then yeah. I was like, so I thought like, oh, I only have a problem with crystal meth. How many times did you do it before you ended up in the hospital? Or was oh. it the first time? No, it was a lot. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've done it. Can I ask questions about that? Yeah, you totally. Okay. What was what was being on that like? Honestly, like I felt like I just felt invincible. I felt good. I felt like I had no inhibitions. I was awake, like, I could talk about anything. It's like, okay, it's like cocaine on speed, basically. Like, it just basically gives me all the... Amplified. Yeah, it's it's cocaine amplified. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. For me, anyways. Like, I can't speak for everyone else's experience on it, but that was mine. I'd be up for days. I would lie my face off on it. Oh, my God. It was... it was wild. Like, Jeez. I don't recommend it. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, like, okay, sorry if any family is listening, but like, I mean, I've, o- too. I've only done coke twice. Okay, that's amazing. Sorry if any family is listening. <laughs> you know what, though? You're like a rare yeah. breed. Like, if I hear people that A, have not tried it, or B, have like tried it once or twice and just never went back to it, like, that's like wild to me because honestly, like, the older I got and the more I was like partying, like everyone. It's so readily available. It's crazy. Yeah, like every, it's like not thing. even a, it's not even a taboo or anything. No. It's like, you got any blow? Yeah. Let's go to the bathroom. Yeah. And like, there's definitely a time in my life. And I'm going to make a statement here. I don't think I would have ever done it if like the guy I was dating did it a lot. And so I was exposed to it in that way. Right. And I felt because I felt to be closer to him, I yeah, should do it. Totally. And, and I, that's exactly like why I did it. And it was fun. 
I was just really like hyper interested in everything. Like yeah. everything was fascinating to me. And also the no sleeping thing. Yeah. But also like I'm a hyperactive person anyway. Right. So I was just like this. This is just $80 to just be a little more myself. Right. Right. No, and I, I totally also get that. But like I don't like cocaine alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it has to be with, with alcohol. Oh, with alcohol. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't remember. I was drank alcohol when I was on it. Or I not. actually don't like any drug without alcohol. Huh, like I'm crazy. I, but um, so funny enough, the first time I tried cocaine, I was in my t- I was a teenager, and it was because I wanted to get closer to a boy. Oh man, see? Yep. Damn. Yep. That's like such a route to both of our right? fucking like, fuck. Here's your codependency right off the bat. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So. Were you were you into weed when you were younger? No, kid? so okay. I I had this thing with weed where like I couldn't smoke it because I always thought I would pee my pants. Oh my god, I have that with. Okay, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> ask any of my friends, um, just smoking weed is fine, but if I ever do edibles, that is my biggest fucking fear right and i did salvia once okay yeah and before doing salvia i was insanely paranoid that i would pee as well is that the one where it's like you're high for like 10 seconds but it's the craziest high you're high for like yeah a couple minutes okay but like the stuff i did was like really old and like not really that poignant poignant um so like it was just feeling like super super high on weed right and also like the patterns of the chairs were like on the walls Interesting. That was really about it. Yeah. Like, that's really all I experienced. But, like, if you get, like, 10x, I think there's, like, they call it, like, there's, like, a number and then an x, and that's, like, the strength. And if you get really high strength salvia, you can, like, go to space and, like, just go <laughs> Like, there's videos of people on it on on uh, YouTube. Really? You can, like, you can Google it. They don't sell it here anymore, though, I don't think. They used to sell it at Mary Jane's. Uh, okay. You could just go in and buy it. Yeah, they, I remember people... Doing where was where what where did I live at the time when that was big? I think it was Victoria, was where when people were buying that shit. No, it must have been Alberta. No, it was definitely Alberta because I remember someone freaking out at the bar that we used to go to. But yeah. yeah, no, I was never, I never. Okay, actually, I need to rephrase. I never liked smoking weed, but I did it for to fit in, right? Totally. Yeah, hundred percent. And I would smoke and go to class in high school. I'd go to Mr. Crozier's was his name Crozier? Anyways, Mr. Crozier's uh English class and I literally would sit there being like, "Did I fucking just wet myself?" And then I I'd be hate like the feeling. And then I would be feeling. like checking <laughs> and like and I'm so paranoid. I'm like checking and I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't get out of this classroom first like i have to wait till everyone else leaves oh my god i feel that so hard i understand exactly what you're saying because and there was one time that i was super high on weed and i did pee you did pee i did end up peeing a little bit but i also have like um, my bladder I pee a lot now. It's very easy for me to <laughs> yeah. pee. My yeah, like I'm, I have a big laugh. <laughs> like I, I, like I was the kid that like would pee a little bit when she would laugh. Right, right. Uh, so like it, it's been easy. And there was one time recently. Oh, this is embarrassing. There was one time recently in Walmart where I coughed and a little pee came out, and I was like, I have a problem. Like I, this is a problem. I think every woman in their thirties has that thought because like I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't had 
kids yet. Like, should I, I be know. having this problem? If I was pregnant, it would just be like, oh, lol, right. pregnancy. Totally. But like, if, like you Google, no? if you put in Google, like, and you're like, I'm in my early 30s, and I pee myself a little bit every time I laugh or cough, <laughs> it'd be like pregnancy, and you're like, no, nope, definitely not that. <laughs> like, when I say pee, like, I just mean like a tiny, tiny bit. Oh, I know. Not, I, like, like, I'm not picturing. It's not like, enough to like soak through my pants. Right. Or anything like right. That. Not, my not noticeable. Pants, my non-pants. Your non-pants. <laughs> I'm surprised you wear pants. Oh, uh, I, I'm not a fan. I know. For the most part, I have two pairs. Oh, you caught me on a pants day, but cool. like, for the most part, I don't wear them. Actually, to be fair, you caught me on a pants day because <laughs> I wear dresses all the time now. So oh yeah, you know dresses that. are. I mean, like it's yeah. just easy. Totally, except for fucking nylons. Oh, uh, we're still. And we're, we're back still, into nylon. Level, we whatever. are. We're getting into nylon season. Yeah. But, so, you land in the hospital. Oh, yeah. We're going back. <laughs> We're going back. So, yeah. So, I land in the hospital. I do this program. And I, like, I only have a problem with crystal meth. I'm fine. Um, and that was the thing. Like, I, like shit would get bad. But then I'd be fine a couple days later and be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did join a church out in Calgary thinking, like, that might help me. Oh, interesting. Like, feel, I, I don't know why. I had no idea about, like god or right. like organized what that would make organized religion. religion like i had gone to church as a kid but it was basically like you know Catholic? show face no united it oh, was okay. like that's it was, better <laughs> yeah and like my my parents would like tell all five kids in and like we all got baptized on halloween like in front right. of the entire congregation so oh, it's like wow. it was just like it was just never really like a thing like right because i was baptized when i think i was like 12 or 13 anyways long story short i don't know what i was looking for i never didn't know what i was looking for but i was like well maybe this will help and then there was a girl i worked with at the time she took me to this to this church it was called to heal a monday and it was pretty cool like i enjoyed it and then um i obviously didn't stay sober i was drinking and i saw her and i was like tried to hide the fact that i was drinking and that still wasn't a red flag to me that like maybe i shouldn't be drinking but things just yeah like i was like okay well if i move if i move like things will be better like i right. so i moved i moved to bc and things weren't better they got worse um Dang. so in bc was where it progressed to um i was doing cocaine i was tr- i was trying not to um but i was doing it a lot and uh, and then I found crack and Crazy. smoked a whole bunch. Did of you crack. go back to the meth after all that? No, no, I'd never. So I actually stayed, haven't done meth since I was like twenty two or twenty three. Stayed away from that, but then you discovered another thing. Yeah, I just kept finding new things that made me Fuck. feel feel better. That's, like did the trick. That's crazy. Yeah. And what was what was crack like? I never thought I would you know, ask that I, question. Okay, so you know it's so funny. Like I smoked a lot of crack, but like I really don't think I got uh, the feeling everyone else did. Really, like, I got really mellow. Interesting. And like that's, just, yeah, that's something not not what you picture. When no, you, and then yeah. like it was funny because like but and then I'm like maybe it's because my personality isn't mellow and maybe that's why. Oh, but like, okay. but it really just made me tired. It kind of made my back hurt. Huh. Uh, but I smoked it a lot. But I've I've found out recently that I probably never got my ringer. What does that mean? <laughs> it means like like it's a oh my god this is the best thing I've ever had. Oh okay. But like it was mostly because 
like I smoked crack because um, I couldn't like the guy I was hanging out with could only get crack. So I was like, well, wow. I'll just smoke the crack. Because I was looking for coke, and but he, anyways, it just ended up. It 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 became available to you, and so your mind went, "Well, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever." Like, I'll take it. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty easy to please. (laughs) Wow, holy shit, that's crazy. But so it was, and then, um, and then when I was twenty-eight, I remember it was twenty-seven, twenty-seven, twenty-eight was when it it switched, and I could no longer drink without cocaine. Whoa. Like at all. Drink with oak cocaine. Yeah, like I had to have coke. So it maybe used to be the other way, like where it was when I do coke, I need a drink, but now it's I need to do coke while I drink. Oh, as soon as I have one sip of alcohol, there's I yeah. Yeah. So I like even like and I I'm I say now, but I I'm obviously sober right now and I've been sober for um eight months. But during my relapse, it was like I wouldn't even have a sip of booze until I knew I had my drugs because, like, the thought of the thought of drinking without drugs like gave me like severe anxiety, and the thought of drinking, the thought of not drinking gave me severe anxiety. So, like, it's just thoughts and like just the idea that like there's layers upon layers. Oh yeah, it's a complete mind fucked up. Yeah, like I need a certain level of fucked upness to feel. Was it like a balancing thing? Like totally. Yeah, you thought that. Cause, cause Coke would be an upper. Coke's an upper, yeah. And alcohol's a downer. Yeah. So you don't want to go fully down. No. And you don't want to be fully up. Yeah, exactly. You want to be here. I want to be here. So I self-medicated and yeah. I get that logic. That. Yeah. I finally, like it's I basically. It's not good logic. No. But I basically add, but spent I, I get it. 10 years like searching for my perfect solution and I found yeah. it when I was 28. Yeah. What was the solution? It was cocaine and alcohol. Oh, oh, <laughs> I thought you meant the solution out of it. Oh, no, I didn't find that till later. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I didn't find that till later. And it's interesting to me that, like, all your experiences with drugs were based around other people, the influence of your social circle. Totally. Totally. But I always, but the thing was, like, maybe, maybe I would, I would say that that's from, like, that was more the case when I was a teenager. But, like, mm-hmm. as I grew older and moved, like, I sought like like these weren't people I grew up with, so like I had to like pick my friends at this point. But these right. were the people I was drawn to, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Like like I would like try to figure out who the who the cokehead was in the new group. Like yeah, like I would look at people's pupils and like if I was drinking with people I never really drank with before, like um. My hands would get like all sweaty, and I'd be like, "Who, who does cocaine here?" Like, who? Oh my God. so I like look for the signs of whoever who's going to the bathroom a lot, who's got, who's talking a lot. Who did you get good at figuring it out? Oh fuck yeah! And once honestly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we can all spot each other. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So you, do you just look for someone who looks high themselves? Yeah, but you know what is funny because like people who don't do coke mm. probably wouldn't notice someone was high on coke. Mm. Like, but. Like I can, I know the signs. Like it's, it's like a, a radar goes off or something. Yeah, I've had moments in social situations where I've been like, "There's something going on there." Yeah, you know, like drunkenness is a weird thing because you know there's like different types of drunk people. Totally. Um, but when you see someone who is just very like, who is this? What's that? Jittery. Oh and, like, yeah. And it's like it. It almost seems like. ADD 
ten times. Oh, totally. And you just think there's got to be some cocaine. Yeah, something's in there. Some, some's in there. Totally. Yeah, that's crazy. So when was the rock bottom for like when you decided? When was the rock bottom? I guess that would okay, be the question. Okay, so uh, there was a, a few things that led up to rock bottom. Like there, when I was in my twenties, so I had I would always land in the hospital. Like were these overdoses or no 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 they were I am not strong enough to handle a come down like oh okay I've been partying hard for days so withdrawal yeah kind of thing yeah but no I never like thank God I've never OD'd um I've never uh, choked on my vomit like luckily any time that I have thrown up in my sleep there was someone around poor people that I right. would have to take care of me but um, no I never had those like that's uh, good. But uh, I, um, okay, so rock bottom, I was, in, I was probably about 29 and I was Googling AA and I, my computer froze and I tried it a few times. I was like, I need, something's going on, something's going on, but I was like, I just really never paid in any thought. Like it would only be when I was like, oh my God, I can't live this life anymore. I can't pay my bills. Collectors are after me. Bill collectors are after me. Like my friends don't like me anymore. Like my family wants something to do with me and all this and like my sister um really didn't want me around her children and like it's just you know like it's just and it wasn't because like I would show up to family events fucked up it was like I just didn't give a shit Mm. I didn't give a shit about anyone but myself right and that was a common thing in my family like um my sisters would always bitch to me about that like I had cousins that like tell my sister that um, they didn't like me because I just don't care about anyone but myself. And like, fair enough. Like they were right. I hated hearing it at the time. I was like, well, fuck you. Right. But it's totally true. But anyways, as I got older, I was the case. I was 30 and I was, like, I have also missed a lot of work. Like I'd show up to work drunk. I had showed up to that hotel we worked at drunk together. Uh, we, when I weren't drunk, yeah. that's where we worked together. Worked together. Yeah. So like there were all these things that were happening, but yeah. Um, and I always like chalked it up to someone else's fault or like right. for some reason I could never excuses. take excuses. Excuses. I had excuses for everything. Would you say that when you were in this phase, not phase, this time in your life, yeah. Um, did you become an expert at making up excuses? Well, no, I think I was better at making up excuses when I was in my early 20s, but like yeah. it got to a point where I was like, I can't lie anymore. Right. Like I don't even believe my lies anymore. Right. Like, like, I could start seeing that I was more transparent than I ever thought. Right. I was like, people are catching on. Like, people aren't stupid. Right. Right? Like, and I, I had such a big fear of being exposed. So, like, it went from not giving a fuck for to caring w- so much. Uh... Like, caring so much what people thought about me. People knowing I was lying to them. People knowing I was so broke. And, like, it was just, like, it was, my brain was always a mess. Like, it was just so, it was always constant turmoil in my brain. Like, do people know that I, I've i taken out payday loans? Do people know that I, people, creditors are calling my family and, like, my work. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, it just, Shit. people are going to know all the shitty things I've done. And they were, there were some, like, there were some things on the nights that I would, like, like, I can't believe I'm about to say this. But, like, there were, like, it got so bad where I thought I, like sexually assaulted a man oh shit turns out i didn't thank god um but but when you're in that state of mind but i had no idea like i had no idea so it was just anyways so it was just like all these things have piled up and and i am so 32 so 30 years old i'm 
okay, so this is probably the dumb, well, not the dumbest thing, but this is one of the dumb things I've done. So I was at home getting super fucked up by myself and someone called my phone and it was a wrong number. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, I ended up talking to these guys on the wrong number and uh, they were like, come out and party with us in Clayton Park. Oh my Park. God. So I went out to Clayton Park, totally partying like I do. So I'm like, this is awesome. Um, anyways, I pass out and I wake up and like they're touching me. Oh, <gasps> shit. Yeah. Anyways, but the thing was, is like that didn't af- affect, you affect at the t- me at the time. It didn't affect me. At least I didn't think it was affected that because me. of because you were so fucked up or because you didn't care. I didn't care. That's so I was crazy. so disconnected with myself and life that like it just I didn't care. Like there was there was a dick in my mouth. That I woke up to. Well, yeah, you were sexually assaulted. You were straight up. So, and then I, I, I leave. I take a cab, and I did wake up. And I so fucking smart ass that I am. I wake, I wake up, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, by the way, you didn't have to fucking wait till I was sleeping. And I laughed, and I basically joked about it. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like I totally that, that's that her. level of self destruction. Totally, like where it's fun to you. Totally, it was just like yeah, exactly. And then, um, so that was in a, in a like a condo complex in Clayton Park. Anyway, so like I find my way out of it, but rock bottom happened two years later. I was in the same. I found myself. I woke up. Okay, so I came to after a night out. Um, I woke up in a bed with three or four people in there. Well, I came to, I can't say I woke up because I don't know, um, right. but I came to and there was about three or four people on the bed and I didn't know what the fuck was happening. I didn't know whether like I instigated this or I was a victim. I didn't know anything. Oh my God. So I got my fucking ass out of there and I couldn't even afford a cab ride home. Fuck. Like I'm 32 and I'm calling my 22 year old roommate to get, to basically rescue me. And I called my girlfriend the next day and I was like, and I always had this thing where if I like talked about what I remembered to people, like the shame, like, um, I'd feel better. And usually it worked. Mm. Um, and this, like, and I had friends tell me so many times, and this friend has told me so many times, like, you are out of control. Right. Like, you're just, but she was like, you, I'm done. She's yeah. like, I can't. I was going to ask how the people, how your friends around you reacted to all this. Some people, like, so that's the thing. Like, I kept, kept a lot of people at arm's length. Like, yeah. I really never, like. You probably wouldn't tell got, everybody about the full extent. Yeah, not everyone knew everything. Yeah. Some, everyone, there were people, everything I had ever done and I remembered was known to someone, but no one ever knew anything, everything. Right. So, like, people might have just thought that. I like right so I divvied it up chunks of the story (laughs) but they never knew the full story yeah exactly right so and then and obviously I've I had been like so a year prior to that rock bottom that was when I was like things need to change Christian you need to get your fucking shit together um and it just got worse like I just life just got even worse once I started trying to control everything on my own and making like cut down it just was worse it was like yeah. it, the, the more i tried the less fucks i gave right right like it just it was so weird um so 32 uh june nope july 15th 2015 was my rock bottom and i got sober 
I joined a 12 step program, um, did what I was, what was suggested to me and I started to feel better. Um, and I stayed sober for two years. Yeah, and life just started changing after that. But that was my rock bottom. Was your first couple, what was like the first early stages of being sober like? Was that rough as fuck? Oh my fucking God. I can't can't imagine. It was so bizarre because like I really, I knew my behavior was self-destructive, but I really wouldn't have called myself an alcoholic. Yeah. Like I would, I, I wasn't at the, like I knew I partied a lot. I knew people my age didn't party like I did, like, but I still did not, I didn't identify as an alcoholic or drug addict. So the first three months was, so I didn't really think it was going to be that hard. I was just going to be like, you know, I'll stay, but yeah. Okay. So for the first three months was so fucking weird. Um, I couldn't speak properly. Words did not come out of my mouth properly. I could not convey the thoughts in my head. Uh, I couldn't walk properly. It was really bizarre. Like, because I wasn't someone that was an around the clock drinker. I was a, um, like, I didn't like wake up and drink. Right. Um, I would. Like, was it mostly nights? It was mostly nights, but I mean, I would like go into days and like continue drinking. Probably like in the evening and it would, yeah. But it was, yeah. It was like. It was like binge drinking, but like on a need to be like I had to. And binge drinking, that's when you what? So like when you binge drink, it's just when you drink a lot all at once, right? Yeah. Is that, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like I've been binge drink like three or four times a week. Crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. Like Fuck. it was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Let's go. Like, let's go. Let's go. And it was like, didn't matter what kind of day it was. If it was if it was raining, I would want to drink. If it was sunny, I'd want to drink. If I got off work early, I'd want to drink. If I had to work late, I'd want to drink. Yeah. Like it was just drink everything. to feel good. Drink to feel better. Totally. I drink feel to good. Keep drinking. Yeah, exactly. There's always a reason. Yeah. So for the sorry, for the first three months. Okay. Yeah. It was weird. So I couldn't speak. I couldn't walk properly. Um, I became very isolated. Uh, and this might be, this might be a, you might need to put a warning on okay. what I'm about to say, but, um, I was incredibly obsessed with watching bridge jumps Oh shit. for three months. That's oh what I did. It was, I basically played Candy Crush and watched bridge jumping. I went to meetings and, um, you mean watching videos of people jumping off bridges to kill themselves. It was so messed up. So, like, you can edit this out if you... No, I mean, I... That's that's very real. Um, oddly enough, I, I kind of watch those sometimes. It was all like, I When watched. I'm feeling pretty fucked up, I'll, yeah. I'll go down weird rabbit holes totally. like that on YouTube. Totally. And it's this weird, dark... I was a in a weird very fascination dark with it. Plays. Yeah, that's insane. And, like, I felt like every people that were... I felt really bad for the people around me. I felt the world owed me. For not drinking like it was really weird like I had friends visiting from BC we were going to our girlfriend's wedding in PEI and I was such a terrible person to them like right. I was like I'm on vacation I should be able to do what I want to do like they want they were on vacation too and it was like I was just such a horrible person Damn. like it was just it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty at all um but man I made it like I got through it so 
And then they knew what you were going through. They knew what I was going through. Like, I I kept it kind of quiet. Like, so I had said I was going to stop drinking before. Yeah. So I basically, and people were so sick of my empty promises. I always had these big plans of what I was going to do with my life and like nothing. I never had any follow through or anything. So um, this time I didn't say anything to anyone really. I just kept it very quiet. Um, Yeah, I think because I was like, you know what? I'm just so sick of disappointing people. Like that's all I do is disappoint people. Oh my god, I I feel that. I mean, my experience with booze. I mean, I I went to a one AA meeting, but like you saying stuff like that resonates really hard with me. Even though what I went through is like one eightieth of what you went through. (laughs) Like it's like not anywhere near the scale, but. It's a similar, it's a, it's like a snowballing effect in a way. It totally is. Because like when I was really bad with booze back a couple of years ago, like it would snowball. So like I would do something fucked up or me, like not right. Right. Or say something to a, someone I loved. You know, like it's like you're hurting the people you love the most. And that's the, the weirdest fucking thing. It's totally. not like you're, it's not like you're being a bitch to like strangers right you're, you're being a bitch to like your best childhood friends since grade six like totally and um like i would always snowball so when i would fuck up i would i it would just snowball i would just make it worse right right and then i would i would have this attitude of like well i already made it worse so blah 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 blah, blah. oh <laughs> like, yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like storm totally. out of the party and that was my kind of rock bottom was when I was realizing that I was pissing literally so many people off when I drank. Right. And and I was I was becoming the person people hated at the party. Totally. Like, I was becoming the drunk girl that everyone wanted to leave because right. she was either getting too emotional or she was getting upset at everything or she was causing shit. I was a big shit cause. Like I would I would find situations and like and like poke at them. Right. And to to make drama. Totally. Oh, yeah. Because the drama, it, I almost feel like, yeah, the booze was a, it, the booze was a catalyst for me to create drama. Right. In a weird way. Oh, that totally makes sense. And, uh, and You're yeah. You're a chaos seeker. I'm a chaos, I've, I've said it a couple times on here, I feel like I'm kind of addicted to chaos in a weird way. You, I'm not, that's what my therapist tells me. <laughs> like, I'm totally addicted to, the, to chaos. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked. Yeah. But that's a yeah, not being not wanting to disappoint people that resonates with me so hard. Right, so. that's that's such a tough thing because if they're and it, and I also I I'm curious about how people deal with addiction on this level, like especially friends, because there's definitely a point where I think as sad as it is. Sometimes you can't do anything and you got to walk away. Totally. Um, but it's just, I don't know how you get there and I don't know where there is. And that's the tricky, tricky part. So honestly, like the people who basically set up boundaries with me were the ones that were the big reason of why I got sober. Right. Like the friends that finally were like, Kristen, you need to get your fucking shit together. Yeah. Like... Those were the things that helped me. The people that, which, that hurt me. Like, that's what I didn't want yeah. at the time. Um, and the pe- what I wanted was people like, Kristen, it's not so bad. You weren't so bad. Right. And you those want the benefit the, of the doubt kind of thing. And, like, those are the people I'd keep by. So, like, I'd be like, well, it wasn't so bad. But, like, it was, it was the people giving me the hard truths that were, like, okay, like, something needs to be... And, I mean, there were hard truths along the way, and, like, they started early, and I resented those people, and I hated yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but as I 
started seeing like, holy crap, like I had basically had an out of body experience, like before I got sober was like, this is your fucking life. Um, Like you're living in a crack house. Like your life is fucked. Yeah. You have nothing to give to anyone. Holy shit. But it, 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 I never would have but, gotten to those points. But you do have things. You just didn't realize it. Totally. Because you were so self-medicated. Totally. And so in that state. Right. And it took getting sober and maybe clearing your mind of all that. Oh, absolutely. To yeah. find that worth again, which is, jeez Louise, that's fucking, that's got to be insane. It's been fucking, so it's been a road. So the th- it was three months that you said it were really bad, three months. Really bad, yeah. And then it just, it just gradually. And like things got better. There's stuff um, like you, I can, uh, like in a 12 step program, there's 12 steps and you go through those with a, with a sponsor. And like, you know, I started to feel relief and I started to feel like the obsession was leaving my brain. Um, So that was good. And I started to feel content. Right. Like, what was it like walking into that first meeting? I walked in, oh man, it was Friday night at 8.30 p.m., Kind of late, anyways, and it was. It's crazy that you remember the specifics. Eh? Oh yeah. So on my way to the meeting, yeah, I have to tell you that in my first, okay, there was the song that came out, and it was called Fight Song. Yeah, hated that song. I hated that song with a passion. I was like, this is the dumbest freaking song I've ever oh. heard in my entire life. Um, but I, I was going to my first meeting, and it came on, and I listened to the lyrics. And I was started to cry. Oh, I got chills. I know. And I was like, okay, like it just gave me hope. Yeah. You know? So I walk into this yeah. meeting. It is um it's in a church mm-hmm. and there is uh it's like all men. Yeah, there was wasn't one female at my new, my first meeting and I didn't really listen. I just sat there like and stared at my I basically stared at my feet and um, used my shirt as Kleenex. I cr- was crying Aww. the whole time. I was bawling my eyes out. Um, I mean, it's such an... Um, the thing about, like, the AA thing is, is, like, it's... it's As soon as you walk in, it's this emotional experience. Because even if you're not walking in there um, to talk or even to really listen, you're walking in there. Like, you made the first step... You just walking in those doors was right. is a big deal, totally. and everyone welcomes you, and they're like, "Thank you so much for coming. You've right. done something good today." And it's so fucking emotional. Totally, God totally, damn. it is emotional. It's like, and it was kind of like, um, even that one step of going into the meeting was kind of. It felt like I was finally taking some sort of action. Yeah. Like into changing, changing the direction my life was going. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, so like, what I always wonder about in these situations is where do you find the motivation to keep going back to meetings? Because you know that first step is really hard to get there. Totally. So, and and the withdrawal symptoms, you know, in the three months and and all that, all those adjustments are hard too. So, where's the motivation? Where do you find that motivation to stick with it? Because, I mean, fuck. Sticking with anything is hard. I can't even stick to, like, a gym membership. Oh, I know. Or, or anything like that. You know what well, I mean? Like, <laughs> I think, like, I think that's hard to say. Yeah. But, like, so I've had the gym memberships hmm. and I haven't been able to stick with them. And, you know, but I have a gym membership now. I have two and I go every all the time. And I think it's the same with meetings. It's like. 
it became easy when I was ready. Right. Right? Like, I wasn't ready any time before. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, but also, like, recovery became, obviously, it was recovery and I was getting better, but, like, it also was a bit social for me. Yeah. You know, like. I was going to ask, did a friend go with you for the first meeting? No, I kept it super quiet. Oh, holy crap, you went alone. Like, I didn't even tell my roommates until I was, I think I was, maybe it was, I don't remember. It was pretty vague, but I I think it was three months before I. Oh, wow. I might have to ask. They might remember better than I do, but I was not a fun person to love with. They didn't know I was I was so getting sober. I just didn't talk about it. Right. Interesting. Oh man, that's that's that sounds. Hate to say it this way, that sounds terrible. What if what? Just the hardships. Totally, it was. But you know, and honestly, like I know this is gonna sound so cliche. Um, Bring and, them on. Which which drives me nuts because I can't stand <laughs> cliches, but. Um, <laughs> Life is really great now. Yeah. yeah. And I never thought that was possible. Right. Right? Like, so yeah. I never, I don't know if I'd be as appreciate, appreciative of the life I have now if I didn't go through all that Ooh, shit. That's very true. Because let right? me tell you, like, you've come up and, like, all the recovery and the soberness aside, you've lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. You're in, like, you're running. Yeah you're in a, a place in your career i think that you're really happy at totally so like things are falling into place for you like yeah. it seems like it's been a 180 trans transformation yeah like yeah. Uh, just from the outside looking in on you that's how i see it okay cool yeah <laughs> you're like oh i still got work to do <laughs> I, still, I still got tons of work to do but i'm just but- like you should be very proud of of where you are oh thank you i like it feel good because that's that's no easy feat no but it was weird like you say it's like and i know it wasn't all like i've tried to do all these things so many times like i've been trying trying to lose weight since i was like 10 years old Mm. um and it was just and i don't want to say um it was easy this time because by no means was it easy um but it just was something i needed to do do you know what i mean like question for you yeah do you think okay do you think being sober so getting rid of the drugs and the alcohol um because it was making you feel better because you're not your body's not drunk or fucked up all the time that it made you get out and exercise and want to do and like want to do things more no no No? not for the first year okay i basically used that first year as like a ticket to eat all the shitty food because you're replacing it totally (laughs) yeah like i was literally going to the store and buying like four uh packages of reese's peanut butter cups like eating four packages a day yeah and it was like it's okay i'm yeah. I'm sober. Yeah, you're like, I, I owe like- myself this treat. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's interesting. I'm totally eating all your oh, oh, brownies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got brownies. Yeah, so no, and I wasn't I wasn't active. Like, I probably was the laziest human alive. Like, I would take yeah. the bus, like, four minutes. Like, I didn't want to walk anywhere. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I had, like, hit a rock bottom just, like, with my drinking, with my weight. Oh, yeah, like it was just I can't do this anymore. Fuck, I cannot live this life anymore. God, and it wasn't. Um, well, I guess it was. At first, it started off being a vanity thing. Oh, but like, 
Just wanting to look better. I wanted to look better, yeah. but like I also like didn't want to like run out of breath going like I didn't want to yeah. avoid hills. Like yeah, like I would get sweaty like just walking down the street. Like I hated summer. Ugh, summer's summer, Ugh. I don't blame you though. Summer sucks. <laughs> like I just always gross. Like it was just yeah. super gross, and I just felt gross, and I couldn't get out of bed, and like. Like, I always had a food hangover. Oh, I hate food hangovers. They're the worst. They are terrible. As I shoved my (laughs) grandma's around. (laughs) I am going to grab my cider. I found snacks. Yeah, there's snacks. But you look fucking phenomenal. Thank you. And so were you ever, um, were you big into exercise ever? Or is this kind of more of a new thing? I played a lot of sports in high school. Mm. Um, Like, I did the whole basketball thing and I was a cheerleader, but... I was still really lazy. Yeah. And I loved, like, f- food was my first addiction, to be perfectly honest. Can we talk about food addiction? Right yeah, now? we can totally talk about food addiction. Because this is something that's come up a couple times on the podcast. Uh, I had my friend Jay on, uh, who's has an interesting relationship with food in that he's, like, very picky. Mm. Like, will only eat certain things, but it's actually, like... He actually found out it's like it's a mild eating disorder what he has because he like there's certain foods that he just like he has a physical reaction to like he just can't eat it. Right. Me, I'm an emotional eater. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> like to an extreme degree. And people are like, oh, you're you're not you're not big. So you're not addicted to food. And I'm like, I am so addicted to food. It's not even funny. I have zero self-control. Like what I eat day to day. Yeah. People would just be like, you're you're like a five-year-old. Right. In a 31-year-old woman's body. Yeah. That's something that I'm still working on, and I don't know. Like, it's it's an ongoing process, but it's... I think now that I'm in my 30s, I'm my health is starting to become more of a priority. Totally, yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting to realize just how uh, reliant on food I am. Totally. You know, I had a bad day, so I'm going to order a whole pizza and, uh, eat, and eat... A whole pizza and a garlic finger. Sweet. Man, I would crush, crush full pizzas. Hell yeah. yeah. Like, and I could still eat afterwards. Like, Fuck. Um, I've done, uh, like, I've, I've moonlighted in 12-step programs for food. Really? What does yeah. moonlighted mean? Like, don't go very often. Oh, okay. Like, but you've, you've gone every yeah, now and then? Yeah, I've gone and done those Interesting. things. And, yeah. Well, it's this thing where it's like, you know, when does it become an eating disorder? Because, you know, I guess it's one thing if you're snack. Like, I just genuinely think, I don't know. Yeah, I, I eat to fill voids, for oh, sure. Oh, totally. Me too. <laughs> but then I can go the other way, too, where I just will not eat at all when I'm going through. Like, it's one or the other. Yeah, I'm if never I'm that one. If I'm it's one or the other. I'm never the no eating. <laughs> never. I love, like, and that's the thing. Like, that thing with the food is so much harder than anything else. And, like, I don't care what other it's people really say, is, but you have to eat. You have to eat. Right? Like, you have to eat. And, and like, it's even more readily available than totally. booze and drugs. And, like, we all joke about it. Like, if a thin girl, like, talks about, like, how much she loves food, it's hilarious. But if yeah. a fat girl does it, it's not funny. Like, I know. Like, Come why? On. Did, totally. We're all the same. We are all the same. But, but like food is food is food is my first sign that I'm not doing well in my recovery. Like, because I can tell ah. the difference now when I'm eating is like I have a big appetite to begin with, mm. so like it's hard for me to tell sometime or it was it was hard for me to tell like am I eating to fill a void or am am I eating to f- feed myself right because like, I need the nutrient because bored eating that's 100 percent of that totally I'm bored. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I can tell, like, I can tell 
if I'm eating emotionally or if I'm eating um, like to feed myself. How do you tell that? Because like, okay. I love this. If I'm emotionally eating, I cannot get the food into me fast enough. Like it is like I'm not even breathing when I'm getting this. It's just like when I was drinking. Like I would... Just get it in. Get it in. Ch- like it'd be like chugging a beer. Totally. Like and I was all I did yeah. was chug beer. Right. So and it, so yeah. So like I, I, like I can tell like if I'm not breathing while I'm about to put food in my face, like it's it's solely to fill a void. And then I know that I'm not doing stuff that I need to be doing to stay sober because it's all connected. Oh wow. To me, anyways, it's that, all connected. No, that to me. makes total sense. Yeah. So, so you you think 100 percent. You got an addictive personality then. I think think? I am. You're on that. So I don't know. It's I don't know how much I believe in the addictive personality thing. Me either. I don't know. Um, because like I okay, I'm I'm an addict, but like MDMA Molly does nothing for me. Right. Right. So like I can take I can take Molly. Like I'm not saying I would take it now, but like. Yeah. Never did I get hooked on Molly. Oh, okay. I see what you, you know mean. what I mean. Like I never yeah. got hooked on it, yeah. or like I've never been hooked on. I'm not hooked on gambling, right? Um, like I'm just an addict, and I found stuff that that, that filled works, it. fills it. Um, like uh, by no means am I religious, mm. uh, and if people are, like, cool, mm-hmm. it's awesome. I actually have Poetry. a lot of respect for uh, religious people because. They, ha- they have something. Yeah. But I am spiritual. And that's basically like I was missing something spiritually. Yeah. Right? Like so now I I have d- a set of beliefs and like that does help me. Ooh. Yeah. Like I'm a universe person. Like if I I believe in law of attraction and. I'm I like, kind of do too. That's as, really- as as cliche and kind of hokey that that book is. Yeah, I've never- <laughs> I, I I know that it's kind of a little bit much, right? But I do kind of understand the generalized concept of totally. it. Um, because I think, yeah, the worst times in my life were the times that I hated myself and I didn't think I deserved good things. Totally, you know. Yeah, and and once you find find that, yeah. Things will things will start things won't be perfect. I don't believe in that. Like I don't think a positive attitude is just gonna like give you every single oh, thing. Oh, definitely you need. not. But I, it's just gonna position you in a way in life that will hopefully open you up to more opportunities. Right. But like negativity just attracts negativity. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. Like fuck. It doesn't matter. Like there are people in this world that I could go to and like say, you know what? Here's a million dollars, and they'd still have a fucking problem with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and like. So that's so true. But what? So what? I was, so basically, I feel like I was, I was born without, um, like the feeling of like of like a power like inside of me, right? Um, because like it was a very young age where mm. I lied for the first time. Like looking back, like I lied for the first time that I remember in grade one, and I lied to my teacher saying I had a. Santa Claus costume, which I didn't, but I wanted her to like me, right? Like, I ate to console myself when I was, like, I remember my favorite thing was to, I didn't want to hang out with my friends. I wanted to go home and eat ham and and cheese sandwiches. Like, that was what made me 
that like that was, was the comfort like, that was my comfort yeah and then the and then it, you know and then like I could never really and... felt a part of anything and never really felt connected to anything like I lacked connection like Ooh, that's, that's basically a big one. yeah that's a yeah. huge one yeah that's so <laughs> breaks my heart that you say that you, you were born without a power like I don't even I don't I know under- like, I, I understand I don't know if, that though I do and I don't mean it like I just I I mean it because like nothing that shitty could have happened to me that early mm. on that would have fucked me up. That's very true. Right? Like I actually kind of feel the same way about myself cuz when I look back at my childhood I'm like I was a sad fucking kid. Right. I I mean like I like I remember I don't remember being quote unquote like depressed or um you know like I have I have pleasant memories of my childhood. Yeah. But generally speaking people saw me as a cranky sad child. Right. And it wasn't until like later in life that I was truly happy with myself. Right. So like it's this weird thing where I feel like some people, yeah, they have to go on a journey to get there. Right. And other people, like maybe they just don't. Have, I don't know. I don't know people what it is. Feel, yeah, I don't know. And like I Fucking just bitches. So, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Basically, something was missing, and like yeah, I was missing. Yeah, because like I like there were shitty parts of my childhood, but like. Yeah. They didn't happen until later. Like, my early, early memories were very happy. Right. Right? Like, my dad was around. He was not a terrible human at the time. So he, like, because he has his own issues. Um, He was a good dad at one point in my life. And, like, they're really, like, really at age, how old are you in grade one? Like, seven? Pretty young. Pretty fucking young. I don't think there was anything traumatizing that happened to me before then. Yeah. The traumatized it happened after. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think I think too it it goes into wanting to feel understood and liked. Yeah, and the I validation. Needed I needed people like. I still have that problem. Like I need, uh-huh. like I need to be validated. And like I have it that less now than I have before. And like, and I seek approval from people, and I people please, and you know, like that's. Ooh, that's a big one. I've lo- lost a lot of that now. Like, I've come out of that, but right. it's still part of me. Like, I still notice it happening. Those are my, that's my character. Yeah. Right? Like, that's And that's a hard me. thing to, to beat. Totally. One of the best things that ever happened to me with people pleasing, though, was finding out that it's a form of dishonesty. Huh. Because you're, like, you're you're lying. You're just, do- you're just you're doing just, things to please people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because, because you're lying. That is it for part one of my series with Kristen. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a doozy of an episode. And we got another doozy coming your way. So please do check out part two of our episode, which should be out the same day as you're hearing this. And don't forget to let us know if you liked the episode. You can send any feedback or comments to intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes if you are enjoying the show. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I hope you like part two.